Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 4, Episode 14 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. should come out on October 18th, 2021, and since it's the end of summer, well, it doesn't feel like it today. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it's just straight on right in the middle of summer, in the middle of October, um, and I just hit my mic, so sorry about that, everybody. Uh, but it's uh, the soulless summer uh, is what we're going to be talking about, and this is a ginger mead made after the ginger beer recipe that uh, you know I've, I've made before and we've talked about on this podcast, but this is the new version of it, and it's the one that we um, we bottled in uh, July, um, August, but it started in March of 2021. Uh, had a whole bunch of bottles of this. Unfortunately, I don't know if this is the 14% ABV or the mm-hmm. 10% ABV version, but I'm pretty sure it's the 14% yeah, ABV Yeah, I think version. it is. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and let you start talking about it. And then... Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Um, certainly a sweet a sweet one. Not a lot of tannin in it, but it does have a lot of heat, which I like. When I first sipped it, I was like, this is almost like a, like a capsimel. Like, it's got that kind of real, like, heat to it that lingers. Mm-hmm. So, this is actually the 10%. Okay. Because it's the one that I put some, I back-sweetened a little bit with some orange blossom honey. Oh, so okay. So, I can tell the difference between. Gotcha. Um, the, the other one, the 14%, mm-hmm. is much drier. Gotcha. And has a little bit more, like, tannic kind of okay. quality. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's the, it, the, they both don't have a lot of like legs and mm-hmm. oils and everything in it, but this is actually the 10% just after tasting it and knowing the difference between the two. Gotcha. My, my wife and daughter, super helpful, very sweet in, uh, bottling these while I was gone on a work trip. Okay. And, um, I ended up hurting myself on that work trip, mm-hmm. you know, as we've talked about before. And, uh, then when I, when I returned, I wasn't going to be able to do what I thought I was going to be doing, which was going to be labeling all these with the the labels that we normally put on them. Because my wife like helps me put these like really nice looking, awesome labels on these things. Anyways, they didn't know which one was which, gotcha. so they didn't put the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. numbers on the right one. But um, so the recipe uh, is basically like two ginger roots um, for like. Um, a gallon batch. I, I mean, basically, I, I ended up making three gallons out of this by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the one of the gallons ended up having more sugar in it for some reason than the other one did. And I'm not really 100% sure why that happened. But it's basically two ginger root per three, got three-ish gallons. Yeah. Uh, if you want it to be more gingery, you add like four ginger roots or, or three ginger roots or something like that. I was trying to make it a little bit less, but... So, you know, a cup of lemon juice, fourth of a cup of lime juice, half cup of mandarin orange juice, and then uh, a gallon of water and some uh, squ- sweet squeeze orange blossom honey. Uh, and then I zested some lemons and limes and some mandarin oranges, put some cream of tartar sauce and a cup of raisins, and then uh, boiled all that mm-hmm. and then put that down inside of my, um, my, my brew in a okay. bag. Yeah. Um, and it ended up being really good uh it, it you know it did all the things that it was supposed to as far as like fermenting i was kind of worried that it might be too acidic mm-hmm. for it to ferment properly uh and i believe that was lavin 71b yeast so it just it really just ate through it really well so if anybody's thinking about making this they should totally make this yeah it's not it bad fantastic 
Uh, but the other one had less sugar to begin with. It was like 1.075 versus 1.1 of the, the 14%. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, so somehow I didn't get the distribution of sugar right between the two. Um, but um, the sweet squeeze honey that I used to back sweeten it, like really brought up like the sweetness. Yeah, it does. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't much. I just added like a, a half pound of, or no, it was a quarter pound of honey okay. to a gallon, and it just really like sweetened it up. Yeah, really yeah. Nicely. So let's talk about the Bochet I made. And you haven't had a chance to try it. I haven't had a chance to try it. And it's still bottle aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for anybody that doesn't really know what a Bochet is, basically you take honey, you caramelize it. Uh, you were there through that that. Mm-hmm. That process, we put it uh, on a in a pot on the stove, let that boil for about thirty minutes. Um, you know, you don't want it to. Well, it boiled, but um, it's more like caramelization. You don't yeah. want it to go too hot, but you don't want it to be too cool either. There's mm-hmm. like a just right, so it was like medium high, low medium high, something yeah. like that. Heat, we put it on, and we watched it for about thirty minutes. And then, um, you know, had a paper plate, and I was just kind of, like, making sure that the honey didn't get, like, too dark. Uh, and then we put it in, um, uh, it was orange blossom honey. We put it in a brew, mm-hmm. and one gallon of it, and it tastes like buttery whiskey with some orange zest in it. It's just amazing. <laughs> it doesn't need any back sweetening. Mm-hmm. It was just perfect the way it is i am going to make a five gallon batch of this okay yeah like it ended up being good so uh, you haven't had a chance to try it but you did have a chance to like kind of go through the experience of Mm -hmm. how difficult would you say that is it's not really that difficult i mean the hardest part of it is just you know heating the honey which is not that hard you just got to try and keep it in like a target range so if you depending i guess what type of stove you have it might be easier or harder but in all honesty, no, it's still nowhere near as hard as making a beer. That's true. Um, it's not as hard as making a beer. <laughs> um, I, I I feel like we didn't go to the depths of flavor that it could because we were being a little conservative mm-hmm. with the honey. I feel like if we make it again, that we could like really take it. To yeah, some, we probably like, could have gone a little bit darker with the honey. Yeah, some really so. I'm, I I want to do it again. I want to kind of do it the way that we did it before. Uh, you know, just get another mm-hmm. 12 gallons of honey, throw it in, five-gallon batch, see see what it ends up being at about, uh, you know, after we do the whole 12 gallons in the Beauchet. Um But, yeah, I mean, the orange blossom honey that, that I've used for a lot of my brews over the last year mm. really lends itself well yeah. to a Beauchet. I was worried that it wouldn't. Yeah, and well, I think a Beauchet would be a great thing to start doing honey experiments with. Because when we were kind of doing the Beauchet together, we didn't really understand a lot of the, like, the science behind what's happening. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, people do it. We had a recipe. I spent hours when I got home like researching exactly what's going on when you do that. Um, and a lot of honeys, maybe not the like ultra-filtered ones, but a lot of honeys have, like, amino acids in it. So not only are you getting that, like, caramelization from the sugar, you're also getting Maillard reaction from the heat. Okay. Same stuff that, like, you know, makes meats taste so good. Yep. There's all sorts of pollens in there that can toast and have chemi- their own chemical reactions. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there that makes me wonder. I mean, each almost like how, you know, you can make 
whiskeys and ryes out of different grains and malts. I wonder if you can make pochets out of different honeys and bring out a lot of different flavors different in them. Because those honeys have like different ratios of pollen uh, and so, other things. So now that's going to make me make some more small batches. Like I want to make some big batches. Uh, but well, y'all, when you like, you can make a big batch of that. But I mean, yeah, you've got like that buckwheat honey. Or we get more of that buckwheat honey. Oh, what does that taste like? Because yeah. I, I think uh, I could be wrong, but I was, I've done some research on different honeys. I was pretty sure buckwheat honey is fairly high in pollen. Mm-hmm. It so, is. you know, that will have its own little flavors once it gets heated up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's talk about some, um, well, I don't, I don't want to cut that off. I'm just trying to stay on schedule. But <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the buckwheat honey idea is fast is fascinating. I haven't tried it. I'm doing a coffee melt with some buckwheat honey. Yeah. Um, and so going to see how that ends up turning out. I think it's going to be fantastic. Between that and the um, the pumpkin mead, I don't know what mm. they call it, pumpkin pie, spice pie, whatever. Like it's the you know doing our the twenty twenty one pumpkin mead, mm. uh, but doing a, a lot more because I really liked the other pumpkin mead, but there were some things I wanted to adjust on it. Like for instance, it's a pain in the butt to like roast and de, you know, oh yeah, pull out all the stuff from a pumpkin. Um, what if pumpkin puree could do the same thing mm-hmm. sort of deal? So I'm going to do that. Um, looks like that was going to be pretty alcoholic. Like we're around like 16% ABV yeah. for that one. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Might end up having to like, after we take the solids out, you know, add some more liquid to mm-hmm. get it up and, and lower the ABV a little bit. Um, but uh, we'll see. That's that's for the future, not yep. for now. Um, so let's talk about Sony personal CD players, mm-hmm. or just in general personal CD players. And then we have two Sonys that I've let you listen to. Yeah. I've been listening to for a couple of weeks. Um, so the story of this is, I'm, I'm a bit of a audio um, nerd when it comes to um, like listening to music and things like that. And there's some things that I didn't get when I was a kid. Like, um, I didn't get some of these personal CD players. And they, mm. these were all, like, the things that when I was a young man, a kid, uh, came out. Um, and now they're they're more expensive on eBay than they should be. But they're, you can get them for 20 30 bucks per CD player. Yeah. I, I got um, a couple duds in that. Like, some people sent me some that were bad, uh, gave me refunds. And then I ended up getting, like, some good ones. That one, the the purple one over there, mm-hmm. was like sixty dollars. Okay. the The silver one was like twenty. Gotcha. Um, so that the purple one is the DEJ eight twenty five, and the silver one is the DCJ one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that DEJ eight twenty five is like a legendary kind of personal it, CD. Player. It's pretty good. When I was listening to it. Um, it's very similar. I think I had a cheaper version of that when I was growing up. I guess uh, they they sold them at like Walmart for mm-hmm. like thirty bucks, maybe like forty five bucks somewhere around in there, and that was like my CD player. And when one would break, I'd go and buy another like the same model. Um, but no, that that purple one, the, the I can DJ see it right here, eight twenty five. Yeah, the eight twenty five, pretty good. Not gonna lie, I liked it. Yeah, well, I got two of them. Mm. I liked it so much, I got a second one. So I got the first one. It didn't have like the remote and stuff, and then yeah. and then that one had the remote with it. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I was just like, I, 
I yeah, because I was gonna say my, mine had like that same little weird port mm-hmm. for the uh, the little remote, but I never had a remote. I don't yeah. know if they sold them separately or. So the, a lot of the ones that had the same had the same remote port, they mm-hmm. didn't come with remotes, and you could get separate Sony Walkman remotes, but they oftentimes wouldn't use the correct like. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The, like like f- functions, so you had to get specific ones to get the right ones. Um, but they like a lot of the the ones because uh, I've got another one that has the remote port, but the port's blacked off and mm-hmm. you can't you can't use a remote with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yours could have been the one that had the port, but it was not actually a non-functional usable. port. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I never knew those little remote things existed. They're kind of nifty. Yeah. That well, I mean, that's how you just have a screen for that DJ eight twenty five. It kind the the thing that sucks about it is. You can't see what's playing or anything like that without it. It doesn't play like MP3 CDs or or get any like CD like enhanced CD mm-hmm. information or anything like that. So the other one, the DC uh, DCJ01, it does get that. So it it'll play MP3s. It'll play okay uh, stuff yeah, yeah. like that. I the the biggest difference between the two because the feature set is kind of the same, except. The DCJ, the silver one, it doesn't have an uh, optical line out. It has okay. only a, 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 a copper line. Yeah. Um, and the, but it's a it's a balanced line out, and so you can send that to something, and it won't try to run its own amp over. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the the purple one has that balanced optical line out thing. I might be wrong about it being balanced, but it's a line out all the same. Um, and it ends up being uh, really interesting when you like hook it up to like, say a shit Modi or something like that. Um, Magni stack stack, you know, that kind of like small amp stack. And then you put this in the mix. It's really kind of nice. Like to do that. I, mm-hmm. uh, and then I paired it with uh, that um, uh, Sennheiser, um, bluetooth amp yeah plus yeah this plus the btk uh btr 3k or, or what the bluetooth uh, fire receiver and that's it's really a nice way to listen to some some music um so i i don't know i, I have a hard time just like even deciding which one i want to listen to over the other because they've mm-hmm. got like some really Nice feature sets. They sound good. You know, they both have a remote that you can use oh, yeah, with them, yeah. like all that other stuff. Um, yeah, especially the A twenty five was really good sound quality. Oh yeah, yeah, excellent sound quality in the A twenty five. I think the DCJ one is a little like it's a little like warmer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where the A twenty five is much more accurate. Is, yeah, is that a way to? No, I get it? yeah. Yeah, the um, I'm, I'm terrible with the names. The silver one, the not the A25. That's the, it does do the mids really well. It struggles a little bit at the the top and the bottom, right? Um, and it had a little bit of mid level feedback, but it really wasn't bad. I mean, especially if you think about the time that these were coming out, um, you could tell that these were both pretty top quality for like because what are these came out in the late nineties? Uh, the DCJ01, I think, was in the early 2000s. Okay. And the 825, I believe, was early 2000s, late 90s. Okay, yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that in that general range. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's the upper end of kind of, like, before 
dedicated MP3 players that were all digital and stuff started coming out and all those things. I could be wrong about that. I actually, I actually think now that I'm thinking about it, the DCJ01 was like around or right before the um, the um, iPod came out. So that'd be like oh, okay. around 2008. Yeah. And then I yeah. think the other one is like early 2000s. Okay. I'm gonna look that up right now. Oh one release date. Alright, so uh well shoot. That that wasn't helpful. Um I may have to look that up and put that in the show notes. But I'm pretty sure that when I looked these up, it came out, you know, around that okay. period. Uh, because that one's an A-track CD player, um, and you didn't you didn't get those, um, you know, before MP3 players were like a big thing. So it had to be like yeah. mid 2000s, uh, you know. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. Around in there. Because um, A-track is the thing that mini discs use. Mm-hmm. To, to be able to get their high audio quality um, like this like a you know thing that you have instead as a competitor to mp3 yeah, or yeah. you know AAC files yeah I remember those so um, yeah unless you got something else to say about that I think that's it I think it's the end of our episode yeah I think um, I'm good yeah if you're interested in picking one of these up uh, you have to just kind of find them on eBay, and just to let you know, that DEJ A25 is kind of expensive for it being like a 20, 25-year-old CD yeah. player. It's less than you'd pay for some other high-quality, like, legendary CD players. But, uh, you know, I'm in the bug right now for CD players, so we're mm. probably going to talk about those a little bit more. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Anyways... This has been Season 4, Episode 14 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. We have a Patreon and a Twitter. We'd love for you to engage with us there. Um, I kind of like go back and forth on like having the Patreon out there, but um, it, still, it still exists. Um, we, we do like, we like to get feedback from our patrons. It's the more, more the thing than anything else. The, the money side of it doesn't really matter, but if you want... If you want to support the show, help us get some more equipment, help us have better recording equipment, or get something to experiment with, we'd love to to have that uh, input and that thought, and you know, you kind of vote in some way. Um, other than that, thank you so much for uh, listening, and we'll catch you next time.